Episode 41, Death of the Priests. Now that the sacrifices were set up in Israel, it was time to set the positions of those that would oversee them. This position wasn't just about killing an animal, offering some incense, and were good for the day. Rather, it was very important that the priests not only represented God correctly, but as we'll see, that they treated God as holy. Welcome to the History of the Bible. In the last episode, we talked about the Israelites and the people bringing an offering so that it could be sacrificed. But that was just about the offerer. Now, we're going to start looking at the priest and the responsibilities that they held when making the offering on behalf of another person, as well as for themselves. Handling of the offering by the priest was a very important part of the whole sacrifice. Now, at this time, the responsibility to make the offering was on Aaron and his sons. For the burnt offerings, the priest left the offering burning all night. It wasn't until the morning that the priest would put on linen clothing and remove the ashes from the altar. Once the ashes were removed and put in a pile next to the altar, the priest would then go change his clothes and then take the ashes to a location that was a clean place to dump them. It is believed that lots would be cast to see which one of the priests would be responsible for removing the ashes from the altar. The fire within the altar is to be burning all day and night. This represented that the priest was obligated to keep the worship of God ongoing without interruption. For the grain offering, a portion of it was offered as a burnt offering. The rest was to be eaten by the priest without yeast inside of the tabernacle's courtyard. The sin offering, too, would have a portion of the animal that would be burned up on the altar, but it would also have a portion that would be given to the priest that made the sacrifice. He and all the males within his family were allowed to eat of its meat, but only in the courtyard of the tabernacle. The guilt offering was to be treated the same as the sin offering. The priest that made the offering, he and his family would get a portion of the food so that they could be fed. This was pretty typical of this time of priest. Other ancient societies often allowed the priest to eat a portion of the offering that was given to the deity. This would provide for the priest and his family. However, God didn't need people to bring him food to help sustain him, so the food would be given to the priest. The priest would also receive the skin of the animal, which would be used as a form of payment, in a sense, for the priest. The fellowship offering, or peace offerings, was broken up into different types of motives for offering the sacrifice. It could either be a thanksgiving for God's favor, a vow that was just fulfilled, or an offering of free will. For the priest, when someone offered a fellowship offering, if it was for Thanksgiving, they would get a portion of the meat and bread, but it had to all be eaten that day by the priest and his family. Nothing was supposed to be left over in the morning. On the other hand, if it was for a vow or the offering of a free will, 
the meat and bread were allowed to be eaten until the third day. And if it was eaten on the third day, the offering was not accepted. So the Lord would provide food for the priest through the offerings that the people would bring in. But before the priests can take their positions, they must be consecrated or made holy before they begin. This is where God officially sets up the priesthood so that they can serve him to all generations. To do this, Moses takes Aaron and his sons and has them cleaned up. Then he places the priestly garments that were made for them on them. Aaron would wear the high priest garments with the chest piece, the turban, and crown, and everything else that was made for the garment. His sons would not be wearing as nice of garments as Aaron would be. They only wear coats, sashes, and caps. Moses then anointed the tabernacle with oil and then poured it on Aaron's head. After being anointed for the position, showing that he and his sons were now set apart for becoming the priest to the Lord, a sacrifice was performed. Before Aaron and his sons were set apart to perform the sacrifices, the head of the household would normally perform the sacrifices. But now it was to be Aaron and his descendants that held the responsibility of performing them. With Aaron and his sons anointed, a bull was offered for a sin offering for them, which was the required animal for the offering for the priest. But for this offering, instead of just having one person laying their hands on the animal, all Aaron and his sons placed a hand on the head of the animal, signifying that it was on behalf of them all. That was done with the ram that was offered for the burnt offering. All of them placed their hands on it. But instead of them killing it, Moses was the one that killed the offerings and prepared the sacrifices. During this consecration of the priest, Moses placed some blood from the sacrifice on their right ear, right hand, and right foot. Some scholars believe this to be a symbol of the whole body being purified, but also with the ears it meant that they were to hear the word of God. With the right hand, they were to carry out the assignments of the Lord, and with their feet, they were to live out holy lives. After the sacrifice and the consecration of the priest, a period of seven days, which is a number of completion, would pass. On the eighth day, Aaron and his sons performed all the sacrifices, the sin, burnt, peace, and grain offering. However, instead of burning the burnt offering, the Lord showed up in his glory, appearing before all the people and the priests that had assembled to watch the moment of the priest taking on the role in society. The way that the Lord showed himself in his glory is not mentioned here, although he has shown himself in many different ways, and most of them were in an aspect of nature that could not be made into an image. For Moses, it was a burning bush. On Mount Sinai, it was lightning, thunder, fire, and earthquakes. And to the whole nation of Israel, God showed them his glory in a pillar of fire and a cloud that led them out of Egypt. Most likely, it would have been another form of nature that the Israelites could not be able to make an image out of. But while the glory of the Lord was present 
over the tabernacle, the burnt offering was laying on the altar, waiting to be burned. Aaron wouldn't have the chance to burn the burnt offering, because Leviticus 9 verse 24 says that fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the offering. Now, the people knew that the Lord was among them. As a side note, some believe that the fire that was started by the Lord was maintained until the building of the first temple by Solomon, where it was rekindled at the dedication of the temple. It was during this ceremony that Moses passed on the responsibility of being the priestly mediator between God and the people. That was now the responsibility of Aaron and his sons. With this, the people rejoiced and were blessed by Aaron. However, things would not always go perfectly. On the same day that they were being anointed priests, Aaron's two oldest sons would test the limits of what was allowed to be offered and what was not. In Leviticus 10 verse 1, it says that his two sons tried to offer incense with a foreign fire or strange fire. The fire came from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. The same fire that Jess accepted the burnt offering now took the lives of Aaron's two eldest sons. Some scholars say that what they did wrong isn't fully known. Though they may have used another fire other than the fire from the altar that the Lord started, the command to use the altered fire isn't ever given by the Lord. It could have been that they tried to offer the incense between the morning and evening offerings, when they were only commanded to perform the incense burning right after those offerings. Others say that the fire that they used was the issue. Not that it wasn't from the altar, but they used coals to burn the incense, thus bringing something unholy into the presence of the Lord. It could have been that they performed the offering incorrectly, doing it the way they thought best rather than what the Lord had told them to do. Some scholars believe that they had to do with them being drunk when they offered the incense, because in verse 9 of chapter 10, the Lord commands Aaron that the priest should not drink any wine while on duty. It could be that this command was given because of his sons. In other societies, it was often normal for the priest to be drunk during the sacrifices. Or it could have been that they tried to enter the most holy of holies area of the tabernacle. Whichever one of these things happened, it is for sure that Aaron's sons did not honor God and show him as holy. So when Aaron's sons died, instead of having Aaron carry them out to be buried, Moses and Aaron's cousins would be called on to do the task. Aaron himself, nor his two remaining sons, were allowed to be part of the mourning. Normally, a person would tear their clothes and let their hair down. Because they were killed of something that was not called for by God, they were forbidden to mourn the loss of Aaron's two sons. The reason that they were killed was that they did not show the honor that was deserved by God, and so they were taken outside of the camp, which is interesting because this is where the remains of the sacrificed animals and ashes were taken. 
It may seem kind of harsh that God wouldn't allow Aaron to mourn the loss of his two sons, or even to be part of the group that carried him out. However, later on in Leviticus, it calls for them to not defile themselves or become unclean by touching a dead body. It could have been that they were not allowed to mourn the loss because one, they were judged by God, and two, it would have defiled Aaron and his other two sons so that they would not be able to perform the sacrifices to ordain the position of being priests. The mistakes were still not done for the day. Although no more deaths of the priests would happen, the sin offering, after it had been sacrificed, was supposed to be eaten by the priest. But Aaron and his two remaining sons did not eat it. To this, Moses got angry with them, probably trying to avoid another death of the priest that day. However, Aaron explained that because of what had happened, he didn't feel like it was good to eat the meal. Though the day didn't go exactly as planned, the priesthood was finally set up and ordained to serve the Lord. They are now ready to handle all the sacrifices coming to them from the people. Now when you think about it, there are only three priests, Aaron being the high priest and his two remaining sons. How can only three people handle all of those sacrifices from day to day? Although it may sound like the Israelites were required to make a sacrifice every time that they sinned, that isn't fully true. For the covering of the sins of the Israelites, the Day of Atonement is to be set up. The Day of Atonement happened once a year, and it covered the sins of all of Israel. So then why were there need to be any other sacrifices if the Israelites only needed to do them once a year to cover their sin? The other sacrifices were set up for other reasons, mostly acts of voluntary worship. But they were also performed when the Israelites wanted to come before God for a very specific reason. For example, the burnt offerings were set up to express devotion, commitment, and surrender to God. The grain offerings was meant to recognize God's goodness and provisions. The peace offering was for fellowship and thanksgiving. The sin and guilt offerings were set up for when someone unintentionally committed a very specific type of sin. These sacrifices were so that the Israelites could come before God throughout the year instead of waiting for the Day of Atonement. When they are wanting to show their worship to God, set up a vow between themselves and God, or needed to become ceremonially clean, these sacrifices were offered. Yes, the priests were required to offer two sacrifices every day, just as a normal part of their position, once in the evening and in the mornings. Otherwise, it was just sacrifices that the people would bring to them out of their own worship so that they could come before God. The Day of Atonement was the one time of the whole year when the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies section of the tabernacle. The ceremony of the Day of Atonement was about removing the sins of Israel so that God could continue to be among his people. So it began with the high priest. In the beginning, it would have been Aaron, 
offering a bull as a sin offering for himself. That way he can come before God. Then a ram would be offered as the burnt offering. Once the bull and ram were sacrificed, the high priest could bring a fire pan with coals from the altar and bring it into the Holy of Holies area. Once inside, he would take two handfuls of incense and burn them. This would create a cloud inside the room of the Holy of Holies, so that the high priest would not be able to see the presence of God fully due to the cloud created by the incense. This would be for the atonement of the priest. Then the high priest would come before God with two goats and make atonement for the people. A lot would be cast to determine which goat would go and which one would stay. Casting lots was similar to what we do today when flipping a coin and making a decision based on the results of chance. It would indicate which goat would be for the Lord and which one was to be sent off to Azazel. More on Azazel in a second. When it says that one goat was to be sent off to Azazel, what would happen is a man would be standing ready, and when the high priest cast the lot, and the decision was made for which goat would go and which would stay, the priest in waiting would take the goat and send it out into the wilderness and be released. The reason for this is because it was a symbol of the high priest laying all the sins of the nation on this goat and sending them away. Just like the Bible says in Psalms 103 verse 12, God removes our sins away from us. The one goat that was sent away, the high priest laid his hands on the head of the goat and prayed all the nation's sins into the head of the goat. Then it was removed by being sent out into the wilderness. And all of the sins of the nation went with it. The second goat would be killed for the blood to cover the nation's sins. This day of atonement would happen every year and it was the only time that the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies room. Otherwise, all other sacrifices were to be done outside of the room in the outer tabernacle. Now to go back to the meaning of Azazel. This was what the goat this is what the goat being sent into the wilderness was for. Scholars are still unsure of what the meaning of Azazel is. Traditionally, it was thought of as two Hebrew words being combined, goat and going away. This would mean the goat that goes away, thus the meaning of scapegoat comes from. There are two other meanings that scholars believe it could be. The first thought is that it is thought to be a demon. In Jewish legends, it is believed that Azazel is connected to a fallen angel that has a similar name. This demon does not have any power, but only portrays and personifies wickedness itself, nothing more. Therefore, when the scapegoat is sent to this demon, it is thought that the Israelites were sending their sins back to the thing that personified wickedness. The other thought is that Azazel was a place and that it could be connected to the Hebrew words that mean strong, rugged mountain, or cliff. Some think that when the scapegoat had the sins of Israel placed on it, the priest in waiting 
would take the goat to a specific spot that would then push the goat off the cliff, killing it by the fall. However, the Bible never mentions a goat being killed, but the opposite is seen. In Leviticus 1 verse 10, it says that the goat was to be presented alive before the Lord and that it was to be sent out into the wilderness. Ultimately, whether it is a place, a demon, or simply the goat itself being called the scapegoat, the name Azazel is not known. But the reason for the goat being sent into the wilderness is known. It's meant to remove the sins of the Israelites so that they can have fellowship with God. So Aaron and his sons were now set apart to be the priest for the Lord. Even though there were some hiccups along the way, the loss of Aaron's two oldest sons, the position of high priest and priest were set and given their responsibility as well as ordained to do the work. Next time, we'll look at parts of Leviticus as God continues to give instructions to the Israelites on how to live their life. Although they may be viewed as just a bunch of rules, today it could be considered the first book on public hygiene. So join us next time in episode 42, Food, Hygiene, and Sex. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.